welcome for to Vista Talk, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host for today, Maria Roa, and I have to say this Vista Talks episode is going to be three times as special as it could be to celebrate International Women's Day. I have the honor to be joined by three remarkable women who are the founders of Women in Localization, the leading global community for the advancement of women and the localization industry with over 5,000 members. Anna Schlegel, Eva Claudinova, and Silvia Bari, you are very welcome to the show. But let me introduce each of you to the audience a little bit because founding this nonprofit organization to support women in the localization industry is far from being the only thing they have done. Anna Schlegel is Vice President of Product, International Markets and Globalization at Procore Technologies and has led globalization product lifecycle, global infrastructure and content strategy teams at companies like VMware, VeriSign, Cisco, NetApp, and Xerox. Anna is a respected leader in the globalization community. During her career, she has won several awards, such as Top Woman in Technology by Analytics Insight, Top Businesswoman by CEO Luke, Language Industry Person of the Year, Think Global Words, and Silicon Valley Woman of Influence. And I have no idea how but Anna has time to deliver lectures, webinars, keynotes, and roundtables at universities, companies, and nonprofits around the world. Her work has been published in Forvest.com, Fortune.com, Multilingual.com, and other research industry forums. Anna is also the founder of Imagine Education Everyone, a Kenyan-based nonprofit. Eva Claudinjova is currently an assistant professor of localization practice at the Middlebury Institute of International Studies at Monterey in California, imparting her knowledge, a long-standing localization and leadership experience to graduate students of translation and localization management. Eva started managing localization programs and moved into leading localization teams and implementing new globalization quality and vendor management strategies in companies like VeriSign, VMware, and Apple. She's multilingual and holds MAs in foreign language, teaching, and in translation. Silvia Avari is the head of localization at Rivian, an electric vehicle automaker and automotive technology company. Silvia has over 19 years of localization experience working for high-tech companies, including Juniper Networks, Symantec, Verisign, and NetApp. She's a speaker at several localization conferences worldwide, podcasts, and webinars, fluent in Portuguese, English, and Spanish. Silvia has a diverse background, which includes an MBA from San Francisco State University and Doctor of, of Veterinary Medicine degree. Again, Welcome to the three of you. It is for me a great pleasure to have you here at Vista Talks to celebrate International Women's Day. I would like to make of this more of a conversation, if that's okay with you. I want you to feel at home, so I will ask you some questions and maybe, maybe one of you can start and then you can all share your opinion and contribute on the matter. Thank you for being here. Thank you. So let's move on, move on, sorry, and get onto the show. Let's start with you, Sylvia. I bet our audience is already asking themselves, how did you all come up with the idea of women in localization, how it all started, and what each of you brought to the table? 
Great. I, lo I love that story because uh, it's a story of friendship, really. Uh, we, the three of us used to work together. And when we were together, we share ideas. We were always there brainstorming and, and, and we had a lot of time. So then we went our separate ways to lead other uh, teams. And we would go for dinners and, and get together again and ask about processes and what vendor you're using, what are you doing, how do you solve this? And, and there was this need of like, well, maybe we should formalize this because we're always like counting on one another uh, for ideas. So why don't we form a group and invite more women to join us? And, and that's how it started. It started with five of us uh, and, uh, but quickly, you know, two of them decided to not, you know, commit to forming a, a formal group. So only Eva, Anna, and I stayed. And we created at the time uh, what's called, what was called Northern Women in Local, Northern California Women in Localization, right? And uh, it was supposed to be a face to face group, like super local. And, uh, and it was really about getting together and sharing ideas and learning from one another. But after only two years, there was this, um, this, this, this demand for like, hey, when are you guys going to, you know, let us in? You know, we are here in, in, in uh, Seattle and we also want to join your group or, you know, even other parts of the world were like asking us. And that's when we decided to go global and we got rid of Northern California and we became women in localization. And I think your other part was like, what did we brought to the table? Like each mm -hmm. of us, right? So um, I think in the beginning, what we brought was really like the friendship and, and the trust that we had in one another and, and that desire like to share ideas and learn. Uh, but as we formalized and as we really became um, uh, this professional organization that is today a nonprofit, uh, I can say, like, if you look at Anna, like, she's that energy bunny, you know, you see how many things she does at the same time. It's just unbelievable. And she has the vision. She's always flying. Um, and then Eva is super detailed. She has operation excellence and uh she keep you know she's about infrastructure and and so forth and i think i've i always been like that member advocate and that creative side uh you know that has all these ideas so we all bring something that is very important that create and then of course over the years with all the volunteers and all the women that has been helping us like there's so many people contributing, like we would be nowhere if it was just the three of us. So all these other women bought more things to the table and, and, and we are today what we are because of all of them. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how you say that it has started being something local, even though at the end, like localization is so so global because that's that's what we do at the end. And it starts being something so local between you you know like five people and something really small and ended up being five thousand people that you're now and it's all over the world it's amazing so 
Eva, uh, did you think there were gender specific issues that women had to face at the time? I mean, was that something that really moved you to start? Uh, do you believe this, this have changed or did we really, I mean, did you really uh, find out how to, how to fix this and change it over the time? Um, I don't think we have the recipe for success. Women have been fighting for equality in the workplace for the past 50 years, literally. It's the contribution of every single woman and the little bit that all of us can do. So to give you the context, I have to paint a historical picture because that, that was like 16, 14 years ago, uh, sorry, 14 years ago. We started the, or the organization formally in April 2008, but the talks and preparatory meetings have been happening in the months before. So what was the situation for uh, gender equality in the workplace at the end of 2000s? The, the most glaring inequalities that I can think of was the gender gap, the lack of uh, women in leadership, whether in localization or, or uh, in different uh, spheres of, uh, of life, both uh, domestically and internationally. And that was way before Me Too. So sexual discrimination was rampant and the protections that women have now were not as strong before. Just mm -hmm. to give you a few facts so that you believe that I'm not making that up. It wasn't until 2009 that the uh, law was put in place that prevented the organizations from discriminating against women when it came to pay after the first six months because literally the law said that the uh, you had uh, 180 days from the moment you receive your first paycheck from a company to report or file a complaint about pen pay uh, these the uh, differences right if you miss that window you couldn't sue the company anymore. You had literally six months. I didn't even know about it until I started doing a little bit more research. And I wish we had more space because the story how that law came into place, it was the very first law that President Obama signed. Um, and the story of Lily Ledbetter is, is, really, uh, is really interesting. So we didn't have as many legal protections uh, and the gender pay gap was much bigger at that time. When it comes to women in leadership position, there were no v women VPs on the client side at the time, not a single one. Uh, if you wanted to be a VP, you had to go to the supplier side, uh, fight your way up, and you were probably dealing with an old boys club because most of the uh, executive positions were filled by men. For illustration, in the business world, there were only seven female CEOs in Fortune 500 companies. Um, actually 12, cor um, correction. There were only 12 female CEOs in Fortune 500 companies. Now we have 41, it's still less than 10%. It's 8.1%. Female heads of state, there, in 2008, there were only seven. Now we have 40, uh, now we have 15, but that's out of 195 countries. So, women were not represented in the leadership position in the public sphere in the in the business or uh, in localization it has improved since then but we still have a way to go uh, 10 percent is not equal representation 
Um, I also mentioned the sexual harassment. Um, they, it was way before Me Too. Uh, the law that protected women from retaliation from even reporting wasn't put in place in, until 2005. So when I entered the workplace, I knew that if I reported any cases of, of sexual harassment, I could have been retaliated against and I did not have any protections. And if you enter the workplace knowing this, you learn to just keep quiet. And the people doing the harassment know that there is not much we can do. So the situation has definitely improved. I joined the workforce in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. So I've experienced several decades. Every decade is better than the previous one, but we still have a way to go. Well, that data, it's incredible. I mean, uh, I think our audience is going to be amazed. I mean, I, I, I knew we had to work, but I didn't know there was a still so much to do. I thought the, there, was a, there was less difference. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable. There is a still so much differences and many, many, many things to do. So I think this is like the best moment uh, to let our audience know what is uh, women in localization, how does it work, how the chapters work, and how they can join, join sorry, <laughs> what they can find there. Anna, can you let them know, please, because we need them there. Sure, so just piggybacking on what Eva and Sylvia have said. So women in localization became to be because of what we were seeing, right? So Eva's talking about equality. So in a huge, in a huge part, it's because of that. So women supporting women. It's obviously women in localization. So the only um, when we had to think of who do we let in, mm -hmm. we literally had a debate for, for weeks and we ended up with members or people that are in the globalization profession. So anybody who has an interest in globalization uh, can join. It's for men and women. And it's very much to advance women in the localization space, but also sometimes, you know, we, we do hear from people that are not in the localization space. You can come and learn about how to negotiate your salary. We've done an incredible amount of uh, workshops on technology, right? So it's to round yourself up so that you're strong in your position at the vendor side or the we call it the client side, the corporate side or whatever, maybe you're creating your own company. It's very much about the community. Um, I, I don't know that we have the numbers, but we've helped so many women get connected and give each other jobs or find out where those jobs were, help each other um, kind of navigate the world just like men do. You know, men help each other tremendously, way faster, more aggressively. And we have other qualities, right? Like women, we can we tend to be more collaborative, maybe we discuss things a little bit longer. So it, it, for us, it was about these three things, the community advancing women and advancing the profession itself. When you look at women in localization today, we're in under 30 chapters. Each one of these chapters produces one event every quarter. This is like a think tank, right? So each chapter, Irish chapter, Catalan chapter, Japan chapter, 
places an event every quarter. This is an incredible amount of innovation, thought leadership, um, community. Um, we're, you know, yesterday, I, I'm getting a little bit emotional, but I was talking to the Ukraine chapter yesterday. So we have created this space where women can help each other on localization, on life issues, on how to nail the next job, on how to find out about a technology, right? So maybe you're at work and you're starting a, a specific content management system and you can go and find that out. So it's become a really huge thing. Um, as, as Sylvia said, you know, it was the three of us and then five of us and 20 of us. And I remember, you know, Seattle and Ireland being some of the first chapters. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible ride. Um, it's a large organization. There's a large board of very uh, powerful women. There's a support, uh, a sponsoring board. We have advisors, we have sponsors. We were not a nonprofit at, to begin with, right? We, for, for a long time, we thought, well, are we ready to be a nonprofit? So we had to think of what are the bylaws, what are values? And of course we made it go global because we are globalizers, right? And then the women in the chapters are incredible. So we have chapter managers in each one of these cities or countries. And so it's, it's relatively easy to replicate. It's difficult to, it's, it's 30, you know, 25 to 30 countries at any given time. So we spent a lot of time training the chapter managers to be a chapter manager is a huge deal, right? We also spent a lot of time giving women opportunity. So women that have never been a director, maybe are a program director inside of our org. And so we give them a sponsor. That's how we create the leadership, right? So we create role models. We support one another this way. So there's the whole intricate um, orchestration that people don't see behind the scenes. For many, many years, we didn't have, we never asked for any money. So it's just in the last couple of years that we started having sponsors. Um, and it's the life of it's the it's the run of a lifetime and uh, it's it's a lot of fun a lot of commitment lots and lots of hours we have hundreds of volunteers we have we have had thousands of volunteers right at the beginning it was like Eva as the president Anna as the president Sylvia as the president and at one point even the ladies around us were like okay let us be you know the chair or the president so we opened up so that other women that are even more incredible than us could take the, the chair position, right? And we've had so many benefits from um, women that come from different angles. And it's, it's, it's rich because of all these women that have spent so many days and hours in phone calls. I mean, this is like a weekly thing, right? So it's, it's in our blood for sure. Well, I have to say VisaTech is a proud sponsor of women in localization. Thank and you. we are happy Andy, we can thank help. Thank you. No, we are happy we can help because what you do is amazing. Uh, I'm there, sorry, there is a lot, there is a lot that people don't see behind the scenes. It right? is, it is. We, but you do get, an amazing work. We get pinged. I we I think the three of us get pinged every single week. Can you connect me? Do you know? How would you? Can you mentor me? I mean, the program has evolved so, so much, right? There is a mentorship program. 
there's a community program. There is so much uh, video behind the, 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 the sign-in right now. We, you know, we have technology, we have database, you know, so it's evolved quite a bit. And every time your voice breaks, I swear, like, I feel like I'm going to break too. I'm trying not to. Don't, yes, just thinking about it, it's, it is, yeah, but, but what you're doing, it's amazing. The other day I was actually yeah. sharing in, in yeah. social media what you guys are doing because I, I do think it's an amazing job. That's why I wanted you to talk about what is behind women in localization. And I think it's it's really important what you're doing at this time, but what you it always is, yeah. do. So it is not yeah. only thinking about a woman, but like in these hard times, you're also doing something for the people that it's there and needed. So thank you for that, really. Just wanted to say that, sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, sorry, let's go back before I, we'll end We're up. We're a little intense, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. We, we mean it. I mean, we, we really know thousands of women's stories, right? That, that's what it has become. I mean, it's nearly 15 years of supporting women in so, so many countries, right? So And in so many ways. Uh, yeah, well, let's go back. The, the localization industry, actually, well, I just started in the localization industry. That's why this interview is kind of exciting for me because you know so much, all of you, and I'm learning so much. And I found out this is probably one of the most culturally diverse industry that I have ever been and I would like to know from your point of view, is this uh, as inclusive as we think or as I see from, from the inside? If I was asked whether localization uh, industry is inclusive, I would say both yes and no. It depends on which angle you're looking at. From one angle, we're very diverse, like you've mentioned. We have so many different cultures that, uh, uh, that are part of the industry, so many different languages. Those differences are mostly celebrated. Uh, and it's, it's what makes this such an exciting industry to, to work in. We were just talking about it yesterday in a meeting. Like Wherever I go in the world, in any bigger country, I have friends there because I know people in the industry. And there is always somebody to um, have coffee with uh, all over the world. Like How many people outside of the travel industry can say that, right? Mm -hmm. But the representation is still lacking. Uh, we still have don't have enough women in the leadership position, even though there are more uh, women than men in uh, in localization. We still don't have enough uh, African Americans represent, uh, representation. I literally can use the fingers of one hand to count how many African American localizers I know. So we're still underrepresented in some areas, and that's something that we need to actively promote and actively look into to fix. I saw an article. Um, it was around the you know the hype of the pandemic that eighty percent of the people that exit the workforce were women. You know, they went because they were caregivers. And, and I also saw later that, you know, they didn't come back as fast and that affected our industry too. And they didn't come back as fast as people hoped. And they say, some people say that this uh, exodus in the workplace, in the workforce 
for women could have set us back one, this, the, our gender back, the, the equity, equity of the gender equity could have set us back one generation. So that's, that's a lot of, you know, all the work that Eva said, I mean, when we started women in localization and all the things that weren't there and it became better and better. And now maybe, you know, we might be experiencing the setback. And the other thing I wanna say is that words matter. When we say that women are opting out, we are assuming that they're leaving their jobs because you know we're perpetuating that idea that work is optional for women and the income is secondary. And it sends the, this message that you know women should be mothers and they should, you know, the, the, the family keep caregiver is their first and, and getting a job and being a professional is second. Um, and of course, you know, with the challenges of the pandemic and not having schools working and, and daycares, they were the ones that, you know, that stay and, and take care of their families or their parents or what they were the caregivers. So we have to be careful when we, when we use the words opting out, you know, it's, it's, it's not opting out. It's, it's, we have careers, we're professionals, and we should be equal when it comes to caregiving um, in our obligations. Mm -hmm. I just want to throw that I, out. I would like to add something else that I think complements a different angle. So I was the, the chair for women in technology here in, um, for seven or eight years. And there's a huge ask to males, especially males, on assuming a positive intent on hiring and slowing down and bringing in more women into the workforce. We hire very, very fast and we don't slow down to think about diversity. I mean, forget like going deep into Hispanics or African-American, just people are hiring people that they know, their friends, their connections, HR is, you know, there's so much work more workforce mobility right now. There's a study that says 40% of the United States employees are going to change their job this year, 40%. That is your opportunity, right? To slow down and bring in a variety of candidates and make sure that you're intentionally bringing women into the, into the interview process. There's so many organizations I'm gonna say something that people don't like, but I've been women in localization, women in tech, women this, women this. I would love to see women support, uh, men organizations that support women. And we have some very good examples inside women in localization where there's a few males that have been there right from the very beginning, supporting us, cheering us, giving us their venues, giving us you know, their food, their, their spaces to go. Um, and work or have, have meetings, but this is not going to change. It's not going to change unless CEOs from the top down, this is not the job of an HR um, officer. This is the CEO has to mandate diversity. And the only way I have seen this done correctly is if the executives inside a company have quotas and people laugh about this, are being, if their, their salaries 
and their uh, performance reviews have to do with diversity. Mm-hmm. Being a good leader is not just about, you know, product vision and this or that. It should include diversity because we are going backwards. We are going backwards because of the pandemic. We Pre-pandemic, we were seeing some, some progress because I'm part of the, the Stanford VMware research stu- uh, gender studies team, and now we're going backwards. So what do we need, right? We need the 98% that's at the top of executives, which are male, to, to change it. So huge call to action for males to, to step it up. Well, let's call them. Guys, this is a call to action. Call to action. For you. Well, mm-hmm. now that we're talking about men, uh, and Anna, you said it, uh, and we know that uh, in women in localization, you say that you're a woman-focused and men-inclusive organization. I really love this, but can you span on this approach for our audience? I think whenever there is some type of woman celebration day, there are men who feel sidelined somehow. What do you have to say about this? Is everyone welcome at Women in Localization? Everybody's welcome, all genders, all races, all cultures. When we started, it was the three of us, right? There was, as Sylvia said, it was five, five uh, women. And it was because whatever was saying, we all worked at the particular company and we couldn't see, we couldn't even go and explain our programs upwards. And that, that was part of like, hey, you know, why are the guys up there and we're doing all this work? So I think that's why we called it Women in Localization because of what Eva was saying. We didn't know if our pay was equal. We didn't even know how to ask the right questions. I mean, we were much younger. Um, And initially the unofficial board before we were a nonprofit was all female. But then we have all of us have incredible, you know, partners or friends or super friends that wanted to advise us or wanted to see us um, succeed. And so we started um, getting um, board sponsors. We, we have a couple that are male that have been there for a long time. We have, uh, you know, vendor sponsors that are incredible. And when we became a nonprofit, I remember talking with, with Eva quite a bit about this of like, okay, on the website, as we register members and we brought the first database, we spent a little bit of time and understanding how to um, allow for diversity, right? So we have people that identify as non-binary. So we have a few hundred of those. We have males and females. Everybody's welcome. There's obviously more women because that's how we started, but there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys. Um, However, because of this large inequality that we're talking about, right? we prefer to let the women come and practice their leadership skills, to get on a stage, to get on a panel, to have to prepare, right? Like to have to prepare for something like this. There's a lot of young women that look at Sylvia and they go like, hey, how how am I ever gonna be like Sylvia? Well, you know, it's gonna be a lot of preparation. It doesn't come easy, right? You have to train yourself. You have to put yourself out there. You have to ask for the opportunities. And that's what women in localization lets you do. It's like a playground. It's a training ground for women to come in 
and hear how Eva speaks, right? Or to hear how Ceci, our president, speaks. And then little by little, they can ask to volunteer more and train more and that kind of stuff. So we are trying to close this gender gap. We're trying, we're thousands of us trying this, right? All the chapter managers are trying this. It doesn't mean that there's this incredible guy that's gonna come and give a speech or be part of a panel. Now, I want to go back with Eva because when you gave me that data, actually, I, I, I'm still thinking about it because I did felt I was somehow uh, a privileged person because of, I mean, I didn't have to fight uh, the same things that other women had to fight. And when you gave that data, data, I was like, oh my God, this is still so much to do, you know? So what do you feel are the next steps for the organization? What should we be uh, talk, take, um, taking on as a collective industry to help other women who might not have the same opportunities we did, which I thought they were amazing. And now I see, well, they, they were great, but there's still women who, who did not even have that and they're still in a really bad position. What, what do we have to do? What, what, how can we help them? First and foremost, and this is a call to everyone, mm -hmm. leadership on both sides, the supplier side and the buyer side, to other women, we need opportunities. Women are often not given opportunities to shine or because they are not naturally aggressive, a man is, faster to jump on those opportunities than a woman is. So what we need everybody is to create more opportunities for women, support them through these opportunities because we all had to start somewhere and we all had to grow. And it was people around us who gave us helping hand. And we had men as mentors. Uh, Anna did, I do, I'm sure Sylvia did as well. So don't leave it just to women to support other women. We need guys to get more actively involved because we're educated, we're well-trained, we have high emotional intelligence and we're more than willing to work hard. But what we need is a chance, sometimes a push, definitely a helping hand and some degree of flexibility because just like Sylvia said, we're still considered the main caregivers for our families and for our children. And that requires flexibility from our workplace. So that's what we need. A chance, a push, and a helping hand. That sounds great, actually. And that's not that hard, right? No. We can do it. I'm going to keep that in mind. Okay, so we're about almost to finish the show, but I really, really wanted to ask you, all of you, uh, which woman has been an inspiration or mentor to you and in which way? Who would like to start? I can go. I, I think I've been very lucky in my life because I encountered so many strong and wise women that helped me, you know, grow and be who I am today. I would say I'll start with my mom. She was not only strong, but also super gentle. And, you know, maybe in my early years, teachers, excellent teachers I had. Uh, but more than that, I mean, throughout my professional career, uh, especially with women in localization, I'm looking at two of them, you know, both Eva and Anna, 
such an inspiration and and I've learned and grew so much because of you. And I would say other women in, in the board or in the programs that I have encountered uh, that I learned from, I got inspired from, that helped and mentor me. So just all in all, like being very, very lucky that I had encountered so many great women in my life that helped, gave me that helping hand that Eva is talking about and, yeah. and helped mentor me. Um, just like Sylvia said, there were so many women, it's really hard to pinpoint one, mm -hmm. but just like Sylvia, first and foremost, my mom, who taught me that it's okay to be a strong woman, and then it's okay to stand for what I want and go and get it. Um, then it's one of my professors at the university in Slovakia who taught, who told me based on just one assignment in my literature class when I decided to do a translation assignment and you could be a translator I'm like oh okay I thought I was gonna teach foreign languages and that's how I, I got into translation thanks to uh, this professor who then also encouraged me to follow in my career uh, in academia um, and then all the women I met uh, in the corporate world here in America that were examples of what is achievable if you work hard. Great. Anna? I have to say it was um, like these two ladies, right? Yeah. It was my mom first. I do have to say there's a huge amount of males. The, the, the people that pushed me to the vice presidency were guys. And there's something there to say that as much as women support women, once you're at the top at, uh, at VP levels in high tech, it's, it gets pretty tough. Um, I do have to say that, yeah, so Sylvia and Ava are huge in my life, huge, huge, huge. Um, it just seeing the consistency, the commitment, the, 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 the giving, the trust, the, 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 what they do for so, so many women is, is I, I always, always speak about women in localization in anything I do. There was one woman uh, when I started at NetApp, her name is Tracy Hansen. I think maybe Sylvia met her while she was at NetApp, that within uh, the first day at NetApp, she said, you already need to go and talk to the CEO. And she prepared me for a couple of days and took me to the CEO. I had never seen anything like that, right? And after a few months, she told me, you're kind of different. And I took it in the wrong way, but she meant you're gonna you're gonna get somewhere, you know. And she helped me get there. Every day I would go into the office, there was a little note, there was a different book. To this day, is like 13 years later, she sends me cards for my birthday, right? So sometimes you do find this one person that's like, I'm gonna push you, I'm gonna propel you, you know. That's very, very rare. Um, and I, I do have to say that there are men out there, especially if they have daughters and sisters and they see how tough it is for the rest of us, that they're very, very eager um, to show their daughters some role models, right? So in my case, it's been women and male. Um, I've also, you know, really enjoy looking at um, speeches from Angela Merkel or Michelle mm -hmm. Obama or like these super women, right? That you can't even imagine what they go through right now. And, and so women in politics also fascinate me. Um, 
the each one of the presidents that we've had, right? Like when Eva was president, when Silvia was president, we have Ceci Maldonado as our president right now. We've had Lois Earl. We've had such incredibly strong women that it's true, you learn a little bit from each one of them. And sometimes you look at women as like, I wouldn't do it that way. That's also very helpful, right? Because then you form yourself with more what's core to your values. So yeah, there's so many right now. There's many, many, many. And you have to go and, and look at them and find them and ask them, like, would you mind if I have a, a coffee, you know, virtual coffee with you once a quarter? Um, do it, I encourage everybody to surround themselves, not just with one, but, but with a few. Yeah. That's amazing. If I may add something to that, I totally uh, agree with Anna. It's, I've been doing the same thing. I've been learning a little bit and borrowing a little bit from every female leader I encountered. Like from Anna, I learned that I need to be a more charismatic leader. And she's a great example of that, which it was not part of my personality of the part what I did, what I did. Uh, Alison, who was another uh, president in our organization, I learned the soft touch from her. From Sylvia, I learned to focus more on the people and that they they also want to have fun. It's not just about work, work, work. I'm a Capricorn. It's about work, work, work. Loi uh, has a very deft touch at managing difficult conversations and and, uh, and situations uh, so that they don't escalate. Sassy is very uh, infrastructure process oriented, which very chimes in with the way I approach things. So there's so many women out there that you can learn a little bit from. And if it feels right, adopt it as part of your leadership style. Yeah, there is always something you can learn from other people, even if, as Anna said, something that you don't want to do like they do or something that you do want to applicate to how you usually do things. So, I mean, I think it's great learning from people. There's always something to learn from other people. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience today? I know that Eva prepared something. I just want to say something super quick. Like, sure. for all of you listening there, don't be afraid to ask for help. Ask for that coffee. Most of the people that can, uh, that would be mentors, they love it. And they, they will go and have that virtual coffee or you know, hopefully soon, you know, face-to-face -face coffee, but it just has. Yes, um, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Um, the recent events in Ukraine and the global pandemic have shown us that we're all interconnected. We're all one human race sharing one single planet. There's nowhere else to go. And women in localization is basically a small microcosm, an example of what we could be on a more global scale. Because we have people from different countries, different languages, different races, different skill colors, di different cultures, all together in one organization working together on joint goals. So it's possible. So more than ever, we need to focus on peace, unity, togetherness, global community, support, helping each other, and inclusion. And more than ever, we need to protect our planet because like I said, 
there's nowhere else to go. We're all in this same boat together. So let's just be humans. Let's just be friends. Let's be there for each other rather than against each other. Well said, Eva. Yeah. I, I would also encourage people to look at Eva, Sylvia, and Anna. Like we've been going at this for so many years, right? Uh, last year, I went to a, a nonprofit celebration where the three founders were 80 years old and they had been together forever, right? So that's how I imagine myself with Eva and Sylvia. We're going to be like 80 and we're going to be, you know, having a coffee and still talking about women in localization. So huge encouragement to other, you know, young women that have an idea for innovation just don't be afraid and do it. We didn't know that it would become this, this major thing, right? But we had trust, we had friendship. I mean, we used to laugh so hard and so many ideas because when something is new, you're like, the world is, is the, you know, is your oyster. And so um, we can wait for guys to give us our jobs or we can go ahead and create our own reality too, which is what we did. Right. So super proud of Eva where she's today, super proud of Sylvia where she's today. And I, I, I know them so, so well. I mean, we all work really hard to be where we are. Right. And we have it in ourselves as women. We're strong. We have grit. We're smart. We're intelligent. We have the community. So just do a little bit every day. You know, if that's if you want to keep growing, it's very possible. If we did it, so can you. Well, I think well, the three things that you girls said, it was great. Uh, Sylvia, I'm going to take your advice. Actually, I have never asked anyone for that coffee. And maybe because I am too shy to do that, I think they will always say no. So maybe I should start doing that. I think it is an amazing idea. And 15 minutes actually is not that much to ask for. And I might find great people to learn from. So thank you for that. And Eva, we do need peace we do need to take care of the world we live in and we need to support each other so for sure everything you said 100 percent and Anna yes 100 percent what you said too you know we we cannot be waiting for others to do the things for us we need to work for ourselves so thank you so much. This has been, I think, the best Vista Talks ever so far. <laughs> so thank you so much. This is the end of today's show with Anna Schleppel, Eva Claudinova, and Silvia Vari. Please make sure to tune in again to see and or listen to the next Vista Talks show, where we will be discussing more interesting topics with interesting people from all around the world. Happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you. Happy Ladies Day. Bye. <laughs>